Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One old Spider-Man. One even older Spider-Man. One fortnightly discussion of comics and culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric. Good night, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic mentor, much, much more. This episode 288. It can't be that many. Um, Can't be. That seems like... Yes, it can. We've been doing this a long fucking time. This seems like, that seems like a lie, like a lie number. It's not. No. It's it is not. It's a lot. I I I did not. I think we have just passed our ninth anniversary. Oh dear Lord! Why'd you? Yeah. God Almighty! I'm God. Mm-hmm. Ugh, gross. Gross. I I I shared a couple. I mean, you know, a year ago, about this time, the anniversary of like it was the seven year anniversary or the eight. And it's it is it is eight or nine this year for sure. We're old men reading comic books. I mean, you are. Fair enough. You're. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna fucking live forever. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. All right. Um, Vandal Savage. No, he's a comic Coda, book. Coda. Coda he's, he's a comic book man. Vandal Savage is though. I I I'm, I'm familiar. Okay. We are going to be I this. Have, I have. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't need to brag. We are going to be discussing Spider-Man Life Story uh, in Nerba Book Club later on by Chip Sadarsky and Mark Bagley. Bagley? Bagley? Uh, mm. Pronounce it like a Brita community. Bagley. Bagel. Bagel. Uh, everyone's favorite Spider-Man story. We're going to be talking about that. I know Eric loves it. We'll see. Oh, a little tease there. I like it. It's good. Uh, before we get there, though, we have comic books that came out a little bit more recently to talk about. It's time for our first segment. It's time for Floppies Fortnightly. Floppies Fortnightly is part show where Eric and I read a selection of this past couple weeks' books to tell you to buy or do not buy them. Uh, there's a mush meter goes from one to five if we are feeling mushy. Our first book of the week. It'd be great if it opened. X-Core. X-Corp. Number one. Uh, written Whoa. by Teeny Howard. Art. Alberto Foce. Colors, Sunny Go, Letters, Clayton Cows. So we got the religious X-Man book last time, and now we're getting the business X-Man book. Mm-hmm. The evangelicals love X-Men now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. The, this is the Republican X-Men thrust. It kind of is. The, 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 the third in this trilogy will be racism. I mean. Other that, kinds of bigotry because we're nuanced. That's every X-Man book, isn't it? maybe they'll put a new spin on it uh so warren worthington and monet saint croix so saint saint uh sparkling water is Mm -hmm. is uh leading up the x-man company and uh this is this is their book i guess i didn't i did not realize this was coming out so soon and then it was out i'd seen previews about it i don't know months ago and then you're like, oh, look, a comic book. Uh, what do you think, Eric? Um, 
I, I don't know. I don't hate it, but I kind of don't get why in the fuck I'm reading it from what is here on the page. I, I, it just, it, it almost feels like a middle issue. I don't know that I feel too hooked on this. No. I, like, whatever. It like, doesn't. It's just, it's, it just so begins and ends, and I, I don't understand why it exists. Doesn't feel vital. No. If not even it, a little bit. Not, I mean, not, not bad. No. It's not a bad read. No, but it's also not gripping. You know, it's not, there's not a, you know, you, we read the, 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 the religious X-Men book mm-hmm. and we were like, you know, wow, there's lots of interesting things in this. There's perspective and there's, mm-hmm. there's, uh, you know, good character voice with Nightcrawler. And and funny and goofy stuff, you know, with with uh, and and then very serious, like grim stuff. Like it it manages to just move back and forth in different tones and stuff like that. And if you say, oh well, the X Men, you know, in the original Dawn of X stuff, it was oh yeah, the the reason they're getting so much power and so much respect is because they're they have this flower and they have these things that are genuinely helping mankind. And now. This is them expanding out into a proper corporation and trying to to build more influence, and that on surface level, it's interesting to me. I'm like, oh wow, that could be really that'd be really fun, and we could have some fun. You know, it doesn't know. seem like it explores any of that though. No, because I think it is afraid to tell that story because it just is this generic getting the gang back together let's go to a couple of different places and have a little taste of adventure everywhere and introduce the cast and that that is what this is and like i i don't know like i think it is i think i agree with you like on the surface level at least from a concept it is an interesting idea to like the x-men are going to form this corporation and this is the story of how they do it. And like, how do you make that an interesting comic book? Um, and I think about, you know, the comics that we've read that have like political intrigue and stuff like that. Is this going to be like that? And like, no, this is generic X-Men action story. Yeah, I'm I'm and uh, uh, I'm whelmed. I think is the way I would I would put it. Yeah, and it's to be fair. I you know there are I I am a huge mark for both Angel slash Archangel and Multiple Man. I love both those guys a lot. They're some of my favorite X characters, and they're both in this book. And I'm still just like, I mean, they're fine, but there's not there's not big character hooks in this really. There's not any real big character hooks. Like if oh who like you know in the end of the the night we had Nightcrawlers hooks in that there was legion at the end of the religion book there's like those hooks with those character stuff and then there's also plot hooks where you're like oh what is going to happen with the x-men what are they going to do founding this religion and in this there's real no character hooks for these characters and there's not really a plot hook or story hook where i like i want to know what happens in the story next because i they're they just have a big helicarrier now i guess like that's and like they are it seems like they're springing like oh yeah we have to maintain our image and make it you know palatable and stuff like that but that doesn't really become a focal point until the end and i don't know who this dweeb with the glasses is who they're like feuding with Uh, maybe i'm supposed to know that but i don't and i don't 
he doesn't really have much of a character and maybe he'll come back and be a villain later on. I don't know, but I don't really, I don't care about him. He's not very fun either. Um, it's I, the NXT version of Tony Khan. That's who he is. It does kind of remind me of like Robert Stone from NXT. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of him, but I don't really like, I don't really like Robert Stone. Um, I, I'm not, I'm going to do not buy it. It's not that it's bad, but it's also not good. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing necessarily wrong with the, the execution as much as the it's the execution of a thoroughly mediocre direction um so i mean i i agree with you as a double do not buy on x corp number one next up is heroes reborn number one written by jason aaron pencils ed mcginnis inks mark morales colors matthew wilson letters Corey pettit as a, a seven issue event um we will not be reading more but I think we I wanted us to at least know that it existed. <laughs> and when we were reading a we're gonna I, I, I have some things to say, uh, when we talk about Spider Man Life Story, and I think uh, we read a lot of uh, alternate alternate takes on different characters, uh speaking of. And that's what Heroes Reborn is. It's basically House of M, but instead of mutants, it's everybody. And Blade is the guy who remembers everything and not Wolverine. And um, what do you think, Eric? Do you like this? I can't. I have no like metric to know if you'd like this or not. Well, my my Internet is apparently not going to work. So how I'm talking to you, I don't know. Oh, no. But it's been going in and out this whole time. So give give me a minute here. Okay. Okay. Can you hear me okay? Yep. I don't know how that is going to be. Can you hear me? I can. Do you want to ask me your question again? Just, I. what do you think about Heroes Reborn? I have no metric for if I, like, usually when I read something, I go, oh, Eric will like this, or Eric won't like this. I have no idea with this. I do like that you center your whole media uh, deconstruction around whether or not I'll like it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm that important. You are very important, central to my life. Okay, so here's Reborn. Jason Aaron writing uh, DC analogs as fascist uh, Team America superheroes. Is that that something you want? I don't know. I don't dislike this tremendously. Um, Like, it looks neat. And I had an okay time reading it, but like, I don't, I don't super need it. I don't know. It's weird. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not crazy about it, but the weird, like openly DC spin on it is wacky to me. I mean, it's the, um, I think it looks really good. I think Ed McGinnis is really, you can see him working hard on this uh it looks great i mean doc you, you have hyperion fighting dr doom who has the uh the, ge- the gem of Sidorak and it's like the d- juggernaut doc dr juggernaut or whatever. this is so stupid but that's i mean it looks great it, it that's and those are f- like fun ideas i don't care about blade <laughs> so having blade uh be your your you know the 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 narrative voice of this doesn't really do anything for me I 
you know, I've not been a big fan of Jason Aaron's Avengers run either. So this is not, you know, the. Did you ever discuss, did you ever tell you who was the new Phoenix? Oh goodness, no. Who ended up with the Phoenix powers? Phoenix Force is uh, Maya Lopez. Echo is now a Phoenix, and I just go, okay. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. She, I mean, she's uh, she's fine. She's like she's uh, she's deaf. That's her. That's the she's the deaf superhero. Um, that's her. That's the big claim to fame. You know, that's the thing that she's. I don't know. She's fine. She's not a bad character, but she's not. I would if if I'm picking the top 100 candidates to give the Phoenix Force to, she does not make that top 100 list. So <laughs> I don't know why that was. The, she's the one. I uh, I again. This is. I am just. I'm kind of fatigued by these alternate reality things. Like I don't. I don't care about. Why do I need? I like it's it's a fun experiment and stuff, but like, what's the point of this? Like, is it just for giant set pieces? Or are you, or is it trying to say something? Like, which one is it? So I'll I'll counterpoint to that. I I I'm willing to trust Jason Aaron because I appreciate the kind of work that he does. You know the your recent misgivings with him notwithstanding. Um, but I really like Elseworlds and what if stories. Um, I like weird experimentation and upending status quo in comics and it at least to me it feels like a lot of the stuff i don't know a lot of things that say a lot they don't they don't mind taking big risks and doing big weird shit that fails sometimes um we've had a lot of bad examples of it uh lately (laughs) but i still think it's good to try um so i I have some level of appreciation for this. I I don't know how I feel about recommending it to others because really it's still just kind of mostly fine. It's, it's, it's not amazing and it makes me feel uncomfortable, but I think that's kind of it's that part at least is kind of it's strong point. I don't know. I I just like, there's fun ideas, but I just don't want to see like, I don't know what the, I don't know what the end game is. I'm just kind of burnt out on. Mm. This kind of stuff. It looks great. I think that's my biggest takeaway is it looks great. And again, it's Drew that draws the hell out of this book. Um, but I, I wouldn't recommend it. I just feel like it's another one of those. And then like, if you, if you are a person who wants another one of these, where it's just like, Oh yeah, there's, we have, it's alternate reality superhero versions of in Marvel. You're like, okay, that's you. If you like it, you already know you like it. it I'm, I am fatigued. Uh, so it looks amazing and it's not bad. But it also doesn't make me go, oh, I need to read issue number two. So I'm going to do not buy. I, I'm I'm struggling a bit because I don't know exactly where I fall down. But I think I, even though I kind of enjoy it, I will forget about it almost immediately. So I can't say, I cannot say spend your hard-earned bread on this. Okay. That is a double do not buy Heroes Reborn number one. And we might have just tipped our hands because our next book is Heroes Reborn. Peter Parker, The Amazing Shutterbug, number one. Written by Mark Bernardin. Art art uh, art by Raphael De, De La Torre and Ron Lim. Inks by Scott Hanna. Colors, Jim Campbell. And letters, Ariana Maurer. 
so this is a, and there's a lot of these single issue one shots of what happened to the character you know what happened to superheroes in this alternate reality um this is peter parker as a, when he was a teenager at least in the beginning he never gets bitten by the radioactive spider and i felt this was appropriate considering we read spider-man life story mm-hmm. where he's kind of like a jimmy olsen yeah but now he's got he's got uh real spider legs yeah by the end spoilers he's got like he got bit by some annihilus thing uh and now he has i guess he's gonna i don't know what those what those powers are but i don't know this this is slightly more interesting to me than the main heroes were born book largely because i think it's so focused on such a you know it's a smaller focus um, with just Peter. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Aunt May getting killed by a, in a killed in the uh, as a bystander in a superhero fight. I assume that's the point, but interesting to see May get killed instead of Ben. Uh, is this there? Is there enough here for you to recommend it as a standalone, Eric? I don't. I don't guess so. Okay. Does it literally end with Peter Parker killing himself? We don't really see the end of that, so I I can only assume that there would be Peter Parker weird mutated spider guy uh, antics going on. Uh, Yeah, I I I I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be like, oh well, he's got bit by the annihilation an annihilation annihilus bug, and now it's infected him, and he's going to just change into one of them completely so he's going to kill himself so he can't hurt anyone which is a very odd ending you know and if that is the case and this i'm supposed to take this as gospel in the greater context of heroes are born i'm guessing that this is all going to be reset like none of this is going to be permanent or there's not going to be in like someone flips a switch and suddenly everything's back to normal because like peter's dead jumped out of a building it seems really improbable that that's gonna that's gonna stick in mm. this story and there's gonna be some swerve but who, who the fuck knows who knows what they're thinking i and this, this isn't bad and i think this is it this is one of those if you're really invested in this event this is the book you're gonna get and it's i think i like this honestly more than the yeah, here's your born thing but it's also i don't know it's it's very odd um I think this would actually be better if it was a longer story with just Peter Parker being Peter Parker with no powers at all, you know, not just a one shot. I'd be like, that'd be interesting to me. Um, but I don't know. I mostly include this just because we already are reading another Spider-Man alternate reality, alternate story, alternate universe thing. So I'm going to do not buy. I think this is fine, but that's about it. I'm happy to pass. That's double do not buy on Peter Parker, the amazing Shutterbug. Next up, future state. Gotham, number one, uh, written by Joshua Williamson and Dennis Culver, art by Giannis Mil- Milano Giannis, lettered by ALW's Troy Peter Piri. Piteri? Troy Piteri? Hmm. A, a speaking of alternate realities here. Uh-huh. <laughs> alternate alternate futures. Uh this is this is future state Gotham number one, continuing the future state story. Um, I think the other interesting thing about this is largely that it's not, it's black and white art, which, uh, you don't, you know, you don't really see a lot of 
Marvel DC putting out just, hey, this is just black and white. We're not going to color it. You also don't see a lot of backup stories by fucking Katsuhiro Otomo. You do not. And I think it's amazing that they were able to get a pinup by Mobius, considering Mobius has been dead for seven years or something. I'm, well, I'm that I am pretty sure that I don't know this, but I'm I know that the, obviously the Mobius pinup was done many years ago, and they just bought mm-hmm. bought bought it up. But I'm pretty sure the Otomo story is also old, and they're repurposing it. Mm. It's great because <laughs> it's drawn by Katsuhiro. <laughs> Hmm? And I'm, I'm not sure what he, what his intention is with that. That's fucking weird. No, it's very odd. It's a very strange story. Um, that's it's. I don't know. It's Japanese storytelling. Uh, we haven't really been following along with Future State, but I feel like we could give this a shot and see if this makes us any more invested in this in this world. Uh, does it get you? Does it hook you at all? I like this. Okay. Um, I am. Where's the? I want to look at this in the store page. Stop wasting my time. <laughs> How do I do that? This will this do it? Yes. See, this should this should be cheaper. This should be cheaper. Um, it's a lot of pages, but it's in fucking black and white. Charge, charge, charge me less for this, please. Oof, that's a. Oh wait, wait, here, 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 here. I'm wait, I'm waiting on the response back from DC. Um. They say we tow the line at forty four ninety nine. <laughs> I, I believe they said, "Oh, next issue's a dollar more." <laughs> yeah, it's less pages and it costs more. The next issue, you can eat. You can take this spoon and eat my ass. It has got. It says Gotham, which is it, and it has the title it has it has Batman Batman in it, so it costs more. A double Batman. You call it double the price with Batman. Mm-hmm. Is okay. So is it is it not worth it because it costs too much? Uh, not necessarily. Okay. I like this more than anything we've read up to this point. Um, and it does have a fucking Katsuhiro Otomo story in it. I really can't stress that enough. <laughs> I mean, it does. It's got some really gorgeous panels in it. But I think just the novelty of seeing. The author of Akira, in case you didn't know the name Katsuhiro Otomo, mm-hmm. um, drawing a Batman story, I, it's just so wild. Um, I don't know. There's good here. It's worth buying for the backup alone. <laughs> I and the first, the first story is fine. Yeah, I like I I like it well enough. I think um, I like the art. It reminds me of Sean Murphy. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I like the novelty of black and white art. Um, I do agree that it probably should be cheaper. Um, but you know, that buying a, a Tomo story costs them, buying a pinup, the rights to, to publish a, a Mobius pinup costs them money probably. Um, I, I don't know. I think I'm a mushy buy on this. I would say, I think I, the, this is, feels a little extremely focused in this future state books are always, they felt so kind of like scattershot because they're trying to build this world. And this is clearly like, Joe, this is red hood. He's, he's sneaking into this, you know, this, the evil giant corporation thing. And he's trying to kill the next Batman. Easy, easy peasy. So I think I'm like a mush meter three, I think by the mush meter three. 
I have no such reservations. Um, be a crazy person and buy this book. <laughs> Still buy Future State Gotham number one, Mush- Mushmeter 1.5. Our last book of the week is Hailstone number one, written by Raphael Scavone. Scavone, one of the two. Art, Raphael de Latour. Oh, it's the Raphaels. There's there's actually Raphael Albuquerque is also credited on this fucking book. As a cover artist. <laughs> That's so okay. okay. Colors, uh, Wesley Manuel. Uh, letters, Bernardo Bryce. Uh, this is a Comixology Unlimited book. Uh, it looked interesting. Um, I do not... Uh, I don't know. It's it's a West Western horror story, I guess. Brought to you by many Raphaels. Yep. Um, it looks real nice. Does. I feel like it doesn't quite get to the hook. Like it. Like I yeah. think you're just like it doesn't it's really, really kind of saying enough. It well, you're you're like okay, it's set up like interesting things. It's like okay, it's a like this town in the winter. It's isolated. Uh, it has a big you know. So it's during the Civil War. There's a Union army army factory nearby the town, and there's tension there. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting thing. And then they're setting up all these minor, these smaller characters. I'm like, okay, they're that's they're inter- like little tiny things here and there. Okay, that's good. That's and then there's oh, there's something lurking around the town that's killing people, and it happens every winter. And you're like, okay, all right. And then it gets to the last page. You're just like. It feels like there should be five more pages and it doesn't, I'm just like, Oh, there's no, they don't actually show. Like if that last page was, I, they really see the thing. Maybe I'd be like, okay. But now it's just like, Oh, it's the thing. It saved me. I'm like, well, what thing? I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I like it still. And it's doing a lot of interest. Like it has a lot of little interesting elements. You, cause you could take the horror out of this. And just have this tension between this small town and the in the uh, uh, army factory, and that still could a lot of, you know provide a lot of conflict and drama. Um, but the you know, lay that horror element on top, and it's good. Um, this is effectively free because I'm subscribed to Unlimited. Um, so obviously, if you're already subscribed to Unlimited, go read this book. I don't think. You know, I think with the previous Unlimited books, to be like, is this the thing that's going to sell someone on Unlimited? Is it that good? But I feel like it is, you know, they've, they're, it's like a Netflix where they want to try and build this yeah. library of comics, the original stuff to appeal to people on top of all the other benefits. Amazing how Comixology is bought by Amazon. Immediately they start doing what Amazon's trying to do to outrun Netflix. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I think, like, if I was going to look at this as a normal comic, I would probably make this a very mushy buy. I think, yeah, I I think that that's a fair way to look at it. I don't even think that I'm that, because this is a very nothing burger story so far. Um, I just feel like that's a lot of this week's comics that everything just feels like a lot of fluff. Um, I feel like there's, there's stuff under the surface here, but we're not getting it. It's, it is not, 
the plot ticket for this shit needed to happen already, and it hasn't. Yeah, it feels like they're feels like they're holding stuff back. Yeah, uh, and I feel like they might have misunderstood what works in a comic, Um, because this this point, like I could see this being an opening to a movie, you know, where the stakes. 15 minutes of storytelling. Um, Not even 15. Yeah. I mean, I'm being generous. But you've got, like, this wood scene, you have all kinds of other things, you know, score and the atmosphere and the camera work and the faces of the actors um, all telling that story that there's something weird going on here and there's just not enough telling it in this comic even though i think they're doing a good job but i think that kind of as a team they're not they're not doing enough and i think i would lay more at the feet of the writer to have have more of a hook on there yeah i feel like it's i feel like it's hinting at a lot of things yeah. And it doesn't it needs a set it needs a pull. It needs a set that hook. Not just like let you know, not just throw bait out if we're gonna continue this fishing metaphor to its logical conclusion. I would say I'm like a mush meter, I'm a buy well, full five. I'm going full five. Uh, I'm I'm just a, I'm just a no thanks. That is a split decision on Hailstone number one. That'll do it for floppies this week. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show where can I talk about what we've been up to the past couple weeks? Um, you know, talk about stuff we want to talk about books or movies or video games or nerdy stuff, whatever. What, what do you want to talk about, Eric? Well, I have this brand new console. It's called the PlayStation 1. Whoa, wait a minute. PlayStation 1? You got a 1? Yep. They went all the way back around to 1 again, huh? Yeah, it rolled over like an odometer. <laughs> 1978. You playing some Tony Hawk Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater 2? I, I, no. I, I told you that I bought, I bought Pony Talk, because that's his name, Pony Talk. Mm-hmm. I bought Tony Hawk. Uh, for Tony Hacks, and it was too scratched to even be usable because the guy that sold it to me on eBay is an asshole. Um, but I got a copy of Cool Borders 4, and that works just as well. Um, it has just been one thing after another. I even repaired a whole PlayStation 1 only for it to not work correctly. Um, but that has been... My one that that distraction and playing all the hardest levels in Celeste, those have been the only things I've been allowing myself to do with fun, for fun. I have not been able to make art. I have not been able to live stream. I've been able to do anything. It's been really difficult lately. Work, work, work. I, uh, yeah, I have a, a big project that I can't really talk about. Um, I mean, I I don't know the. It's one of these places that I can list it as a client, but 
I really don't talk about them much, but it's been awful working on this. I've been losing a lot of sleep and working all the time. You know, I will recommend one thing to people. What is that? How do you feel about about uh, uh, Jim Stephanie Sterling? Uh, fine, you're fine. I mean, I've, I've, I, I, I'm, I, I, well, you're gonna say, oh, I can, you broke up, Eric. What'd you say? I, I like them quite a lot. Are you there? I am, I am here. I was, I thought you had more to say. Uh, I mean, I do, but it sounded like you were going to say words. I don't have much you don't to voice an opinion. No, I mean, they're, I, they're, they're, they're very smart. I just don't, you know, I, I, I get burnout on video game discourse a lot of the time. I just, I think that I think that they have a very grating sort of presentation and personality that I have actually come to like that I think turns a lot of people off in a lot of ways. They also have recently come out as trans and have uh, been hemorrhaging about 3,000 followers a day, or, or at least with every post, we'll say, um, since then. So I would say Jim Sterling is awesome, um, and you should watch their content, and I like it a lot, quite honestly. It's pretty rare I miss one of their videos, but I say look up Jim Sterling on YouTube. They also uh, love wrestling, and I would, if they did a second channel that was all wrestling shit, I would be all over that, uh, because I think they're the exact blend of goofy and fun and stupid. Like they, they lend themselves very well to their uh, big, dumb over the top characters. Um, I don't know. Thank God for them. Jim Sterling on YouTube. Hey, hey Eric. What's up, but what's up, bud? I, I, I played it. I played it for the game. I have never heard you say that before. Ever? No. There's a new Resident Evil out. Came out last week. Resident Evil Village. I can't believe it's out already, but they've been like I, I went back and looked at the history of this, and basically no one cared until the giant vampire lady was shown three months ago. Mm-hmm. Giant vampire lady, uh, actually, who has a relatively minor part in the game. She's not a she's not the main villain. Um, there are really I I've I've beaten it. It's about a ten hour game. It's not very long. You can obviously replay it with and to get extra stuff. And there's more there's other play modes. There's a mercenaries mode if you wanna, you know, just go in and kill stuff. Um, but I've beaten the story. Um it's a fun game. It is it plays a lot like seven, it's first person, much like seven has a main character, same main character from seven. The most the dumbest idiot in the world, Ethan Winters. He's back. <laughs> Uh, he's back and getting maimed more than ever because that was the thing in seven. He got maimed a bunch in eight. He's back getting maimed more. Hope you like watching dudes get maimed, watching yourself get maimed because you get maimed a bunch. They really like, like to focus on that. I like program name. I not that kind of maim. Unfortunately, <laughs> you don't get to play Pac-Man. <laughs> That's a shame. No Pac-Man, no Donkey Kong. <laughs> There's no, uh, no old arcade no. games on there. Um, I like my hands. Um, but the game itself is good. It plays well. It's well paced. It, it, I, it is. They don't know how to end Resident Evil games. They don't know how to do it. Every time there's, there's, 
they don't know how they don't know how to end resident evil games like this game's really solid for like eight hours and then you get to the final hour and i'm like oh wow this game just like its brain fell out its head like it's just the the dumbest things happen for an hour and you're like why why is all these things happening why are you doing this to me uh there's like uh I can. I think I'll. I will not spoil the game. I do still recommend the game. If you like Resident Evil Seven, you'll like Resident Evil Eight. Uh, if you like most Resident Evil games, it is very much Resident Evil Seven plus Resident Evil Four equals Resident Evil Eight, and that that's basically what this game is. But the central premise is you're Ethan Winters. You're trying to get your daughter back, your baby who's taken from you. And it leads you to this village. The village is like a little hub world. And you go out from the village and you take on a series of mini bosses. I mean, they're bosses, I guess. But you take on a series of them to eventually get to your main boss. Uh, the the big vampire lady is the first one. Uh, she's she's fun. They're all fun. All the all the the, bo- the bosses are fun. They all have their own gimmicks. Uh, some of them are genuinely harrowing. Like, I think it's really fascinating because the second one, you really don't like, it's mostly an action game. You're shooting a lot. You fight a lot of monsters. Uh, and you have like, it has full RPG stuff where you're upgrading weapons. You're upgrading your stats. Like it does inventory, inventory management, all that stuff. But then the second boss, there's no combat. It's just puzzle solving and, and atmospheric stuff and environmental storytelling, and it's done pretty well. And I think that's the the, the reason I'm, I'd recommend it is that it has a, a breadth of experiences in it. It is it has you know you know action and it has puzzles and it has ex- exploration and it has fun characters up until the last hour, and then I go, oh, this is really stupid, but it's it's. <laughs> It's no stupider than any other Resident Evil endings, but they're just always bad. They're just always bad. I just don't know how consistently they, I'm like, I'm like, I, I like, I just don't know why. <laughs> they're, they're like, they can. They're, there's clearly a they, simple they, path to did the. They get all the way to the end of Resident Evil, and then Ethan is like, "I'm not Batman." I mean, actually, Eric, kind of, yeah. It kind of did. God bless the Japanese. It's kind of it's. There's similarities where you're like, wait a minute, what? Wait a second. But I just been playing this game for eight hours. Why? What do you mean? What? Do you, what? What? I don't want to like. I could give away more, but it spoiled the story. Um, I, I think critical. The critically important thing about the game is, at the very least, I get to spank the giant vampire lady's ass. You do not get That's, to do that. You sure do. I've seen it on the internet. You. Well, you, you okay. That's not Eric. I might. I hate to break this to you. That's not in the game. It's like proper. I, like a, I don't. I, I don't need it to be canon. I just need it to happen. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> Resident Evil Village is is still good and it's still fun to play. And it's also like, frankly, a ten hour game is way more attractive to me than a seventy hour game at this point because I can finish a ten hour game and I know I'll finish it and I did. Um. But that's all I got. I don't, I don't got a lot. I've been also working a lot and doing stuff. I installed cat doors in, in my in my house, so that's a, a thing I did. I got a jigsaw and I cut holes in doors. Jigsaws, man. Yep, managed They're to. Tough. Didn't cut my fingers off, so that's a success in my in my book. Still They're have probably all. Probably my... your hands to where they were numb, though. 
Nah, not really. It wasn't bad. It was not bad. Um, did not did not go great. Like that, the most harrowing moment was when I accidentally started cutting into one of my saw horses because <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> At times, I suppose. It's fine. The sawhorse is fine. The, the, the jigsaw is fine. My hands are fine. I have doors with cat doors in them. Everything's great. Let's talk about Spider-Man here. I mean, he's a good person to talk about, I guess. For this book? What did you say? I said, considering we read his book. We did read. We read Spider-Man. <laughs> we read Spider-Man's book. We can move on to our final segment. It's time for Nerdboy Book Club. Nerdboy Book Club is a show where Eric and I sign a longer collective work and discuss it in depth like would a book in a book club, except it's a comic book. This week we are discussing Spider-Man Life Story by Chip Zdarsky and Mark Bagley. We read a good part, of, a good portion of this, uh, weekly, week to week, as it came out. Uh, uh, boy, oh boy, we went on a roller coaster ride. Uh, at least a roller coaster ride in, in terms of how much we enjoyed the book. So I felt like we started off relatively very positive about it, and then, then it went, it went places. And I had the thought as we were reading, uh, you know, when we were talking about reading this thing, and I'm like. You know, there's books that have been in the past where we read them, you know, read in- issues from them and didn't like it. And then we got we would get turned around. We read the whole thing and we'd like it. We'd like it at the end of the day. So I was, I was maybe I, I was holding out some hope that I would like this a lot when we read it in trade because this got a lot of great, a lot of critical and uh, commercial success. So much so that they are doing a, a Fantastic Four life story and they're doing a Spider-Man Venom thing done also by written by Chip Sadarsky, Spider Shadow. I don't, I don't, I don't think I like this. Still, Eric, I'm more ambivalent about it. Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to have a lot of feelings about this. Um. It's a it's a, a challenge, I think, to experience. I will say praise of it. I don't understand it. I I mean that's I, I it is a big question and it's a question I was gonna ask you. But that's separate from my enjoyment of the book. But mm-hmm. I I just this just feels like what if Spider Man but Watchmen to me. It does have a lot of the same themes of Watchmen, doesn't it? The aging superheroes and that sort of thing. I, I just, I like, it just makes me think of the, like, it, this feels like there's a montage in the Watchmen movie. The Zack Snyder Watchmen movie. There's a montage early on where it shows all the pulp heroes getting murdered. Uh-huh. This just feels like this entire book. That's what this is. Like, ju- it's just that montage. Like, I don't really get... Like, I, I wrote... I wrote. I took notes as I was reading this of, like, all the things that, like, feel like they came from a Watchmen book. Uh, it starts with Flash Thompson, dead in Vietnam. Uh-huh. Uh, and Captain America in Vietnam fighting both for 
I, I mean, not, I guess, fighting for no one. I don't know what he's doing where he's literally stop. What is he? He's helping both sides. It doesn't really make any sense. It's a war. You don't really do that. It doesn't work like that. You have to fight for one side or the other. Like, unless you're like going to be like a nurse or a doctor or something. Uh, but whatever. Captain America fighting in Vietnam, but not against or for either side. Iron Man and Giant Man fighting for the U.S., uh, which reminds me specifically of the the Watchmen movie where Dr. Manhattan is in Vietnam. Um, Susan Storm has now has left Reed and is now with Namor. Uh, Aunt May has gone senile and they have to commit her to a home. Uh, Russia nukes the U.S. and the Vision fails to stop it and is also catatonic, I guess. There is still a civil war. All the superheroes, almost all of them, die or get killed because of Doctor Doom taking advantage of the civil war. Like those are, and that's just the the big like universe things happening. That is not really taking any of the Spider Man stuff into account, which just feels like they remixed all of the big Spider Man events and made them more horrible. And I just, I just, don't, I don't know. I, this is just not for me. It's really hard to talk about because I mean I I I think more than any description I could give it, decidedly not for me is probably like I am not interested in any of these big what if ideas. I I I don't I don't care. It's not fun or good or thought provoking to me no i i think that it is less bad because i think we may we might have read through issue three or something before Mm -hmm. and by issue three i was like okay this just i feel gross reading this i don't like it um and i don't have that feeling so much at the back end of this but i also am just like what the why, why, why did you choose to bring this to me? What do you mean? I, why Chip Zdarsky? Yes, it is made decisions. I, I will say, the Craven skeleton being haunted by the Venom suit is pretty fucking epic. That's pretty good. I, I think. I mean that. Yeah, like there's there's interesting like fun ideas in it, but they are so momentary they are so transit transitive. Like they just exist for a moment to get you to another thing. And then they're gone again until they come back. Like I'm like, I, I really was like, okay, we see the end of that issue. You have Craven going to kill himself. Like he does in the, in Craven's last hunt. But then you see the symbiote suit around the gun. You're like, okay, they're going to get Craven venom. All right. That's neat. I, I, I mean, that's, that's kind of neat. I like the idea of oh, Craven, but now with superpowers, and with the symbiote suit, he knows now he knows Spider-Man better because he has the symbiote with him. And then multiple issues go by, no Craven, no Venom, and you're like, oh, that was just for nothing, huh? That was just like a fun little Easter egg or something. And then he comes back while Spider-Man is in space in a spaceship or a space station, and I'm like. Why is Venom up? Why is Venom Craven up there? Did he know Spider-Man was coming? I don't know. 
I don't know. But that, that my my first thought is like, oh no, this will be a fun showdown. It's like, oh, but why? Why is like why is this happening now? Why is this a thing here? I I, I don't need to. I and I don't know. Like some of it just like just feels just like a parade of misery. That's what this feels like. And everyone's like, it's so fun. It's so good. I'm like, I it just feels miserable. And like, it just feels like, oh, yeah. let, let, let's go to let's who I don't want to. I don't want I can't. I don't know how much I can yell into the void about this. I don't want the clone saga in any way, shape or form ever. I don't want it. Stop. <laughs> It it was terrible I, I, when it happened, and it's still bad. <laughs> but now you get like four issues of it. It's in it's in everything because who knows which one he really is? I I don't know by the end. I I, I don't I I I think I know, but I really, just don't care. Was the friends we made along the way? I I don't I I hate like and that's the thing like Eric where you're like I, I there's I love Spider Man I love a lot of Spider Man stories um I love Venom Venom's great uh the symbiote symbiote arcs of Spider Man you know that whole run. Craven's Lost Hunt is my probably my favorite Spider-Man story of all time, and that's revisited here. Like, like some of it, it feels like remixes on greatest hits. But then, then, then we get remixes on the Clone Saga, which might be one of the worst comic books I've ever read. We get remixes of Superior Spider-Man, but instead, this time Otto has taken over Miles Morales. And well, we all wanted that. I, I could not think of like. I immediately was I when they when that happened I'm like oh I literally I was like oh you son of a bitch I literally was like you son of a bitch why w- I don't we're doing this where we I I've already read Superior Spider Man it it just it's like a Spider Man the greatest hits except it's all the shitties the greatest shits of spider-man i mean it just takes the greatest shits and like makes you relive them and you're like i don't want to yeah Yeah. it's and here i'm gonna this is the i think my biggest complaint actually is peter parker in this story is the most unrepentant asshole in the whole world and i hate him (laughs) i hate this peter i don't like him ever at all why why? I feel like he doesn't really do anything. It's like shit happens at him. I mean, and then he's like, no! I mean, I, I mean, that might just be it, in that he's just constantly like, people are yelling at him, and then he yells back, and I'm like, yeah. I don't... And they're like, what? And then, I, like, there's multiple issues where people are like, why didn't you go to Vietnam? And I'm like, I'm just screaming, like, is are, are we taking this seriously? Are we really right? We have multiple issues of this comic book that are like what, like tr- people guilting Peter into like, why did you go be a superhero in Vietnam? I'm like, what the hell is Spider-Man going to do? Is he going to go dodge AK fire in the bush? Like what? What's Spider-Man going to do? He gets around with a web on skyscrapers or, you know, skyscrapers in the middle of the jungle. He's not bulletproof. 
And it's just like, why didn't you save Flash? I'm like, well, Flash was a complete asshole to him. Like, why would he go? Flash had not redeemed himself at all. And it was, Flash is a fucking, was a grown-up. Fucking fuck, fuck Flash. He enlisted. It's not like he got drafted. Did he not think, and everyone was immediately like, Peter, this is your last chance to say goodbye to Flash. He might not come back. And I'm like, so everyone knew that Flash was probably going to die at Vietnam, and now, but they're still blaming Peter for it. I'm, I'm just like, I, like, who? What is the perspective on this? Like, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to take away from 60 years of Peter Parker. That he's still like, like, just like overwhelmingly feels overwhelmed with guilt. At the by after when he's 80 years old, he hasn't processed any of it. Is that what I'm supposed to take away? Or that he's a good guy, that he's a hero? I'm already on Team Peter as a hero. I don't need to be convinced. <sighs> I don't know. This is, I think, you know, when I mentioned earlier when we were talking about Here's for Porin and, and Future State, those books, I'm like, where I feel fatigued about alternate universes and what-if stories. This will fatigue you. It was like I was saying, like, I... I do think that it is a great thing and a lot of the stuff that I've read that I've liked, I mean, it is in those what-if spaces. There's just been a lot of examples that have been not so great lately. This being one of them. Um, Legitimately, I do not understand why people liked this. Because I don't think it's... I don't understand where the joy is in this. Well, don't you get it, Eric? It's serious, so it's good. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, that's. I mean, I think that a lot of the time that is enough for people. They're like, oh, it's Spider-Man, but you know all the things you usually like about Spider-Man? You know how he, like, is, he has a lot of quips, and he's balancing all of his life, and being a superhero and stuff, and no, it's instead of just miserable. It's just misery, you know, instead of all that other stuff. And I'm, and they're like, oh, but that means it's good. That means it's serious. That means that you can take it seriously and like it. You don't have to be ashamed for liking it. And there is in, like, there are good what-if stories. Don't get me wrong. A lot of them I love. Um, but lately, there just have been so many. And I assume so many because people keep buying them. And as long as people keep buying them, they'll keep making more of them. And I like that's why they're making. I mean, the fan, that Fantastic Four life story is getting written by Mark Russell, who uh, famously woke Flintstones. Mark Russell. Uh, That'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm actually curious about that to see what that spin will be on uh, the Fantastic Four stories. But when you get like, there's Old Man Logan, and then you have D- Dead Man Logan, and then you have you know that that Logan is now part of the normal Marvel universe. And then you have Miles Morales being folded in and like there's, but then there's also other Reed Richards who's still around. And then there's like all these alternate reality versions of characters getting folded into normal universes. And then on top of that, you got old man Hawkeye and, and all these, we just read, we're reading heroes reborn literally this week. And they, I, I assume people love it. I, I, what, you Eric, just said there's a lot of you really you like what if stories and there's a lot of great what if stories. Can you pinpoint the, the why the best of those work for you? 
the wait what you asked that question in a weird way the best what if stories why do they work well okay why do they um, why do they why are they impactful i think it's because they ask interesting questions and tell succinct stories through the lens of superheroes uh two that come to mind are superman red sun and i think you could even make the argument that fucking Watchmen is exactly that. I mean, Watchmen is was going to use uh, Charlton characters, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything is basically stolen. The characters with the serial numbers filed off. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I would even I would even say that it is a, a, a kind of what if story. It exists within its own compact space and makes its statement and is not beholden to the whims of other writers and continuity and existing in this space that really hampers uh, the superhero genre. And I don't think this does any of that because it's like, what is, I don't know, what is your thesis here? You're just showing me stuff that I already know about Spider-Man. I mean, if your thesis is Spider-Man would be hella old, good job. <laughs> You've shown me that. Um, yeah. Like I like I sincerely don't get it. Like I I I don't know what it is. Like I some stories I think it's just too fucking real, you know? Yeah. Maybe I'm too close to it. Maybe I I like, I think we root for Spider-Man because his life is difficult in ways that our own lives are difficult, and it's relatable. And I do relate to the Spider-Man, but there's just like, I don't particularly want the misery of him being divorced multiple times and all this fucking bullshit. Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it is a little stressful reading this. Like, it should be drama that is fun or compelling or whatever and like i like i don't i don't care about tight pants vampire fighting his kids um no more again morlin is not a good character he is the i like is it's the he's a spider-man vampire i'm like that is his the pitch for him i'm like what why sure are tight <laughs> And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, his kids are powers. Oh, one of them's already. He just got his powers sucked out of him. Okay, great. Um, and it's just like that. It's just everything is bad. All the like everything ends up. I think that's ultimately like I don't like this Peter. And there, it's just this neat like this idea that it's like this is the realistic Spider-Man. This is if time passed normally. And Spider-Man aged right up from when he was created. What would happen? And we were also, he has no agency in his own life, apparently. Things just, just happen. the way that we all do. A lot of things happen in, to him, not around him or with him. But I I think I really resent the idea of like, oh, everything in real life, if, if everything went, everything would go bad. Just over and over and over again. It'd just be bad. No matter what. You're just, it, it'd be bad. And I'm like, that I I I I really resent and resist 
like and that's why I say Watchmen. It feels very much like one Watchmen was written in 1985. So it it was a response to, you know, years of superhero stories and it was supposed to be an ending to that. Uh instead it just was a new beginning because it sold a lot. So now they're going to make Watchmen again over and over and over again. But it's like Watchmen, real superheroes where they really age. Oh, and everything's bad. Most like at at best they are gray. And well, in Watchmen, there is a thesis statement, and there is kind of the nature of uh the uh, of oh yes, if superheroes were real, this is how it would be. But I don't ever th- I never get the idea from Watchmen that it is like proposing that this is an important story that needs to be retold over and over again. It feels very much like it is actually saying the opposite about superheroes and that the fact that they aren't real, the fact that the other superhero stories are valuable because they are escapism because the good guys end up winning. Um, and that is why they're valuable. That's why they have value. When you take a Spider-Man story and, and red sun also red sun feels optimistic and it doesn't, and also it's only four issues but it doesn't feel grim this whole every every single issue is just bad things happen and spider-man gets older there's not a yeah i I already have that in real life that that's uh it doesn't need to just blow sunshine up my ass but like i don't know man tell me something interesting or profound about this fucking human condition like fucking have a reason it's just like why what are we fucking missing it i don't know it feels like a lot of the time it is just processing we're we're seeing things until we can get to the end and it's spider-man sacrificing himself and showing oh and you know passing on the legacy to miles and that at the end of the day spider-man can redeem himself but I don't need a whole miniseries to to like show that Spider-Man redeems himself for letting Uncle Ben get indirectly be indirectly responsible for Ben's death. Like that's not you don't need to solve that. That's that that I <sighs> like in this book ending with Spider-Man going, "Oh yeah, I have a dream where I end up where I save uh where I stop the guy who ends up killing Ben." I st- I my dream. It's no longer a nightmare. I finally have redeemed myself. I'm like, it took you 60 years to do that, dude. Like, I also made mistakes when I was like 18, uh, but I've like largely processed them. <laughs> I'm 35. It didn't take me 60 years. Your life is really a mess, Pete. Where it takes you 60 years to process the the, the bad thing that happened when you were 18 or whatever. It could be worse. You could be this world's Reed Richards. God almighty. That's the other thing. Like, everybody is just, br- like, everyone's brutalized. Yeah. <laughs> Reed's lost his kids and Sue. Sue ran off with Namor. <laughs> all the heroes are dead. Do- Doom has killed them all. Is I- is anyone left? Like, poor Vision is at ground zero of a nuclear blast. Reed's also hoarding all of his technology because he's an alien. Which I thought was interesting enough, but that's but it's just like a throwaway. Yeah, it happens. It's not really. It's not. It's not really dwelt on. It's like why? What? 
I don't know. It's what is what is he trying to say with that that Peter observes this and I don't know. He still fucks up his life. I guess he's like, well, at least I'm not a fuck up like Reed Richards. Jeez. Well, it's it, and I mean, it, it's that line where it like reads like, well, we can't introduce this technology to the world because it would disrupt things and make the world unstable. Unstable. And I'm like, well, that's an interesting premise. Uh, and you could really, you could make an entire comic about that, um, about a super genius. I feel like it's a, like it's a very like. I don't know. I feel like it's a common trope and stuff. It's really stupid to me. Well, I mean, that's the thing is like, I, this whole book is also like, it, it, it reminds me of very much like, well, I, it's why I don't want Batman. I don't want the real world to intrude on a Batman story. Mm-hmm. I don't want the, the constraints we put on criminals on what we like. There's people who are like, Oh, Batman, he's a, he's a billionaire. And he, uh, he beats up mentally ill people for for on for fun, and I'm like, you can't. Yeah, yes, obviously, if you try and make it real, it falls apart immediately. It was this, these books were Batman was invented in the twenties. Like, what are you really gonna like try and can put? What do you want Batman to do? You want him to exist or not? Because if you put the real world constraints on him, he stops existing. And it's the same thing when you put on that, when you look at technology in a Marvel world or a DC world for that matter, when you have a character like Reed Richards or Tony Stark and you're like, well, yeah, they can cure any disease. They, and the X-Men are literally bringing people back from the dead right oh, yeah. now. Well, I mean, it's, it's sure. It's, it's not an, it shouldn't even be talked about. Why would it even be brought up? That's the thing. Just don't talk like, oh, yeah, we should give this yeah. to the rest of the people. I'm like, well, that well, then there's no more problems anymore. You just created utopia. Like, what do you want? That's not a story that <laughs> like, I get that. I get that. But why? Why is it even brought up at all in this? I don't know. It, it's it is dumb. It is a bit. It is a bit like saying the fucking, you know, oh, God, it's just it's a dumb it's a dumb old trope and i feel like it's an answer i've heard before why is it even in this why do we feel the need to put that on reed richards it's interesting enough that he's so obsessed with his work and can't relate to people and he's chased off and ruined his whole life i don't know why we have to have this additional layer of well, well, why, why isn't he giving them technology? And like I, the tr- I, like the, the actual it, answer it, is it, like it's because even, it's not a it's it's not an easily replicable. It's not you can't create it mass. You can't mass produce that kind of technology. It doesn't. It doesn't. That's like that's the answer usually. Comic book writers just say is like yeah, well, I, yeah, I did yeah, it four times. That's, that's fine. But, like, it's a bit like asking, well, why do the stormtroopers miss so much? Why don't they give them target training? <laughs> no, you don't. No, it's just. The f- <laughs> don't call attention to it. A wizard did it, Eric. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to let a fucking wizard do it. A wizard did it. Um, I mean, I think that's the other thing is, like, we talk about Reed a lot in the, in this, but, like, you read, we read the Hickman. 
than goddamn Peter is. Yeah, well, we read the Hickman t- Fantastic Four, and that, that arc was largely a lot about Reed realizing that he can't fix everything, and then he needs to f- f- spend time with his family and focus on them, and that that's where he'll get, you know, worry about these small problems with his family and not trying to solve the entire world's issues. And that, like, that was a satisfactory answer, and it did not talk about why he can't give unstable molecule clothing to the entire world. Um, I I don't know. I Mark Mark Bagley's art is uh reliable, solid, consistent. I've never been the hugest fan of him, but you know, it looks good. Um, there's specific some action scenes I really really like. Um, he doesn't do it uh, for me, but it's certainly I think passable. He's a name a lot of people love. I think largely from his run with uh, Brian Michael Bendis on Ultimate Spider-Man. I think that's what, you know, people, a lot of people connect him to Spider-Man because of that. that. Um, I don't think the Ultimates, I don't, I mean, I I don't think that, again, Ultimate Spider-Man, just remixing old Spider-Man stories. Um, that's that's what that is. Um, I, I know a lot of people love it, which I'm still like, not Sadly, sure. it is a very sellable product. I mean, and I, I was thinking about that, is how this has been, like, you know, what if stories have existed for, like, like you think about those, like, old, those, uh, those Superman comics or Batman comics from, like, the 50s, where it's, like, the, you know, the, the cover is teasing Superman murdering Jimmy Olsen, yeah. and it's all revealed, oh, it's, it's an alternate alternate reality story you know it's not it's a what if story and there's hundreds of those back then you know that and you know superman existed for 20 years at that point they're bullshit covers (laughs) the original the superman is a dick stories um I don't know. There's just there, I, there's just, I think there's a certain audience that their appetite is endless, for, insatiable for this for this kind of thing, and they'll they they don't they they like you, Eric. You just said like oh, Red Sun, or stories like Watchmen, like those. You're like those are clearly good ones, and then there are ones like this that you don't like that are bad. I don't know. There is no dividing line. <laughs> I think for some, there's just they're all good. It's just it's different and weird. So I like it. I think it's the same. It's the people that are wanting. They're wanting the same Slayer album again, but with slightly different notes. Raining blood from a lacerated sky. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. It 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 it, it kind of is that same. Like, no, I want the same album again. But I mean, like, human nature is kind of that way. It's why we get so many fucking sequels. It's why we got the MCU. Um, you could even say MCU in and of itself is a big what if story because it's not directly related to the comic book stories. Mm-hmm. It is its own. I mean, and how many alternate? I mean, that's all they do, you know? There's And they end all the alternate Earths and start new ones and fucking whatever. <laughs> um, I'm talking myself out of liking What If Stories. <laughs> it was one of my favorite things, because you can 
you don't have to go whole hog on things. You don't have to ruin a bunch of other stories. Here, here, this is my here, Eric. This is my read about why you like them. I mean, you just mentioned it, but I think it's not necessarily that they are take place in an ultimate reality. They take place out of continuity. Yes. So they're easy. To, they're, I mean, e- they're one. They're easy to read because you don't have to have read everything else to get them. You all, you, all they assume you know the basics of a character, and then huh? they don't assume anything else. Uh, and that they are short and concise. They are a handful of issues. They're not fifty issues. And I, I don't know if it, I think adding in. Oh, it's an alternate version of a character. I don't. I think that's. Just, honestly incidental like mm. i think it means a lot to some people well no but i mean to, for you i think you you like red sun because it's a good comic book and because it doesn't require you to read 50 superman stories you're well, just like let's let's fair we do all like it partly because batman wears a funny hat batman wears i mean i didn't want to mention it because i felt that was a given but yeah batman wears a funny hat in it it's pretty good it's pretty good good any stories he that does ha- not, he, he, he does not say I'm not Batman. He doesn't. Das Vidanya. Does he say Das Vidanya <laughs> at any point? Feels like I don't he, know. He, he feels like he should. Just, just that's das like Batania. Das Das Vidanya. Ugh, I don't like that. That was bad. I mean, it's great. Mm. It's great, but it's bad. Um, that's that's my aesthetic. <laughs> great, but bad. I, I, I don't know. I did not, I'm not surprised, like, I did, I'm not surprised that I didn't like this, but I, like, I think I definitely like it less than what I did when I was reading it, when we were reading those issues. I, I still kind of like it a little bit more, but I'm still, I'm so neutral on it. It's so bland to me. It's so saying nothing. God almighty fucking Norman Osborn fucking sucks in this. Both Osborns fucking suck in this. Oh my god. Every time he's on the fucking page, I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm never, I've never really liked the Green Goblin that much, to be fair. So he's never been my favorite Spider-Man villain. But I'm, I'm honestly super surprised we didn't get any carnage in this. I guess that'll be, that's saved for the new, that'll be, like better in this i think the new, I, I guarantee you there'll be carnage in that new venom mini that'll be fine there'll be definitely spider-man murders kingpin in issue number two by the way that's weird kills him with venom he's about now he's just pure venom so he kills kingpin I mean, that's interesting at least i guess maybe that'll have something to say i don't know i didn't dislike this until at least after issue three and I... it just gets more and more depressing and it has less and less to say like i don't know when that fucking vampire guy showed up i'm like this is this is some fucking aimless bullshit look spider-man it's it, remember the cold war this time there's it's not a cold war russia launches a nuke and then i don't know what happens after that what happened to russia did they just kill did russia get nuked too they just they cease to be in the plot yeah i know that's what i mean like they get defeated by a plot by plot omission that is that how we beat Russia? In, 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 uh, yeah. Okay. That sounds about right. Oh, Spider Man! Why can't I quit you? He just he just hurts you. We've definitely read more bad Spider Man stories than good ones. 
Yeah. Legitimately, true. I think all the Spider-Man stories we've read have been terrible. Kermit's Lost Son is good. What was? Oh, Craven? Yeah, it was definitely better than bad. It I'm... was definitely the best one. Everything else was terrible. I mean, some of those we picked because they are terrible, to be fair. Oh, I, I no, I remember. Like we read one we read one more day because it's so bad. But Correct. Superior Spider Man is fine. Yeah, it redeemed itself a little bit. The 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 ending, you know, building to that one line, it's you. Yeah. I will I will defend that as one of the single strongest pages slash panels in all of comics history. One of the best, most cathartic moments. Yeah. Is it worth well, is it worth thirty issues thirty plus issues to get there? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 I don't know. It's it's right up there with Flair getting super kicked. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love you. Um, is there anything you want to say about Spider Man Life Story, Eric? Anything else? Oh, God. Um I'm glad I don't have to read it again. I don't understand why other people like it. I have definitely read worse Spider-Man stories, but this story is no fun, doesn't ask interesting questions, doesn't do interesting things. I don't like it. Couldn't say it better myself. That's Spider-Man Life Story by Chip Cedarski and Mark Bagley. Next up is Sweet Tooth, Volumes 1 and 2 by Jeff Lemire. They're uh, doing a Netflix adaptation coming out soon, and I thought we'd, we haven't read it. So, should read it. That, that Jeff Lemire. Only assume it is about the bad guy in Twisted Metal. That's not... Yeah, that's what I assume it's about, right? The, that, the, the psychotic that drives an ice cream truck that shoots missiles. Yeah, that's a, this is an origin story for him, right? Clearly. Okay. Uh, that'll be next time. You can read along with us if you like. That'll do it for us today. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. You can find links to everything there. Facebook, Twitter rss feed uh if you like the show please leave us a good review on your podcast service of choice uh go hunt down it find it give us say hey i love that podcast those two fellas good talking that's what they do they're good at it it's unfortunate it's not like youtube where you just hit one button and then the platform knows that we're good you have to hit many buttons yeah but you, hit, know you have what? to hit those four buttons i believe in you yeah, you can do it. Also, just tell your friends, uh, subscribe if you're not subscribed. All those things add up. Help us find new listeners. We appreciate it. You can find me online on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My website is RobbieDorman.com. Uh, the, they're both my name. Uh, you can find links there to my other podcasts and links to purchase my horror novels. My newest novel, Regrowth, is Crichton meets Cronenberg in an underground research lab. Uh, there's Akira monsters in it. They get shot with laser guns. That sounds good to you. You should go buy it on Amazon uh, or read it for free with Kindle Unlimited and leave me a really nice five-star review. That'd be great of you. I'd love you if you do that forever. I, I love you regardless, Robbie. Okay. I mean, I the, the reviews do help, though, if you're out there. Um, Eric, where can they find you and your things on the internet? Well, I am less and less on the internet these days, sadly. I mean... <laughs> It's not a bad reason. Oh, it's true. It's been really frustrating and, and very hard. I am struggling a lot. But if you would like to support me, hey, hey, let's talk about support. Go to Patreon and give me money. Patreon.com slash easy good night. Um, 
but God almighty, uh, you can see my portfolio at freewillunlimited.com. You can see my website, uh, where with, uh, most of the things I get up to online at ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my many services like, uh, Instagram, Twitch, and Twitter, where I'm known on all as Easy Goodnight. And hopefully I will be getting back to making more content and not feeling dead all the time. Don't feel dead. You know, I got to do what I got to do. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Have a good one. Rock and roll. Rock and roll.